Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Susie. Susie Libertor is, is the owner of Visions to Images Creative Services. She helps established businesses grow their brand awareness by using digital marketing and professional branding techniques. With over 10 years of agency and corporate experience, she brings businesses' visions to life while watching their return on investment increase, which is always good because we hate to invest in somebody and then not see anything in return. <laughs> Her fields of design expertise are branding development and social media marketing. She is the face and voice of Visions to Images. Susie is an entrepreneur. She has several businesses and wears many hats for, for all of them. She has been able to help businesses thrive and grow with her help. But today, we're not going to be talking about marketing. We're going to be talking about right. parenting, which is always a fun topic for me because, you know, parenting is a fun journey. Uh, so take us back. You, when you applied, you talked about how you left your corporate career to become a parent. Am I right? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So I moved to Ohio and um, I took a corporate job and it was just not, it was horrible. Like it was just so depressing. I hated my life, like horrible. And during that time, like my son was in and out of the hospital at the time because of asthma, which we didn't even know he had. So he would be like overnight at the hospital and then he would start to get, like, people started to talk about autism. Like, he's, they think he was autistic and all this. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then, like, one day he got sick. And the daycare was like, um, you can't bring him back within 24 hours. You know the policy. Yeah. And um, I told the work. And they were like, no. And I was like, why well, can work from home? And they were like, no. And I'm like, well, screw you. Goodbye. Like, <laughs> like at that point, it was kind of one of the, it was like a light bulb for me. I'm like, no, I need to, like, step back. Um, and it was, it was tough to hire. So it wasn't like completely like quitting. It was just like, Hey, we're not on the same page. I'm not going to do this. So I left the corporate field and for like four or five months, it was rough because I had like a mental breakdown in a sense. Um, and then I had mono, I felt like my son needed me. So I didn't really care about anything else at the time. And I had to figure out a lot of different things because it's like I said, he was going through asthma and then autism and it was in and out of doctor's appointments and lots of crying and trying to be hopeful because we had no clue what was going to be happening. And so I left the corporate world and then eventually led more into starting my own business um, just because it was easier. And he's still like, he's autistic still, like, obviously it's not going to go away. So <laughs> he goes in and out of programs. We're in and out of meetings like day in, day out. It's exhausting. And I'm like, I can't even go to work full time if I wanted to. I'm just going to do my business and let it go. So I chose parenthood essentially over corporate world in a sense for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it is difficult because I feel like companies are not as understanding of the fact when we're parents, like that we actually have to do things and we have to go to appointments and our kids get sick sometimes. And it's nearly impossible when your kid's sick to find a sitter who will watch a kid sick kid because they don't want to get sick so now we're having to call off of work 
and they're not as understanding as they should be, you know, because it's, it's mainly moms that are having to do, I'm not bashing on the dads, but we tend to be the ones that are taking on this, this role as the parent. I mean, my spouse is in the military, so there's no way that he would be able to call off and be at all those appointments and stuff like that because they're not going to let him do that. They own him essentially. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) So you left your corporate world so you could be home with your son. What has been the struggles as an entrepreneur being a parent? Is Is your son in school right now? Yes, he goes to um, like a preschool day program kind of thing for autism. So it's more like one-on-one and helps him to kind of get the social skills and the developmental skills that he needs. Um, Right now we have like a great schedule, knock on wood. So it took us a while to get this schedule. Um, So I'm able to have more set time and put it aside and all that. But um, yeah. What have you been your biggest struggle since you started your business with also being a mom and having an autistic son? Because um, that adds a whole other level onto it. It's a lot of guilt. Like you just feel so guilty sometimes when you need to like do some work or when they're sick or something and they have to be home with you and you still have work to do. You're like, oh, I don't want them to watch TV. Like watch, letting them watch TV or be on the iPad or do something like you just feel guilty or like, should I be doing something? But then you're like, no, I need to take care of myself and my business in order to provide for my son. Um, so there's just been a lot of different struggles. Being able to just manage time was, was a big hurdle for, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Time management is a huge one. That's one of the things that I teach my clients on because we think that we're doing good until something gets thrown our way unexpectedly. And we're like, what is that? And I'm like, we have to be prepared for the unexpected to happen because it's, it's bound to happen. That's just life. That's just part yeah. of, part of the, the human machine that we're in right now. Uh, so we have to be prepared for that. What are some ways that you, that, what are some tips that have helped you with your time management? just kind of setting more like deadlines and goals and structure, um, being able to put into perspective what needs to be done and what, what can wait. Um, I mean, that sounds pretty generic and standard, but it's like being able, you can write like five things down on a piece of paper that need to get done that day or two things or three things. And then after that it's secondary and you know how much time you have. If your son goes to school, you know that you have X, Y, Z time. So you have to make sure that you can fit everything into that time slot. Like, and I, I don't necessarily book appointments. I book, book them from like 1030 till about one ish, usually most days. And I used to book when he would get home from school at like three, three thirty. but he doesn't take naps anymore. So just being able to really structure um, your schedule and allow for time to be down. Like sometimes he's going to be sick, you know, just plan ahead when you can and don't try to just put everything all in one day. Right. Yeah. Oh, it can be overwhelming to try to do everything all in one day, but you know, our kids also aren't in school 24 seven either. They have days off, they have stuff like that. How do you manage with the days off? Do you schedule around the days off or are you able to, like you said, 
hey, I'm fully for the TV and the iPad if we have to get stuff done because I do it to my kids too. I'm like, listen, I have a podcast interview. Not today, they're in school. But there's been other days I'm like, there's a podcast interview. You play Minecraft, be quiet and let me do this podcast interview. <laughs> so how do you manage with those days off and those different times that your son might be home and might not actually be at school? So I kind of just let people know ahead of time, like just saying, you know, if I know for a fact that he's going to be home, I'm like, oh, I, I can't schedule things. And I, you don't always have to tell people necessarily. It's more of if, if it's a deadline, but um, just planning ahead when you can and allowing yourself to have that freedom. Like I, I need to spend time with my kid at the same time. So making sure that if it's a day off, I can spend time with him and not feel guilty trying to work and take care of him if I know it's going to be, you know, a day off. But if it's a sick day, then sometimes you just got to kind of take it and go with it. Yeah. I love my online calendar. Cause then that's how I have people schedule things with me, like podcast interviews or coaching sessions, because I don't even have to tell them why I'm not available. It's just not there. It's like magic. <laughs> no, that's totally true. Like it's not, they don't care. And that's, that's, I think a part, a lot of the reason why like entrepreneurs are like, we always have to tell everybody what we're doing and this and that. No, they don't. You don't have to tell them. Like for a while, I'd feel guilty. I'd be like, well, I can't get back to you right now. Hang on. They don't care. Like they're not going to sit there and read their right. email everything like unless it's urgent then they're going to call you and you can just be like hey hang on so just being able to change that mindset and be like it is what it is right <laughs> most, I, most of the time people understand and they're not going to sit there and question it yeah especially if you're working with other women because we're a little more understanding about those things we're like we have kids too we have stuff going on we have different yeah. appointments i mean we had to reschedule this interview a couple times because we had yeah. different things come up but that's because it's life, right? And things happen and having those boundaries and being able to say, no, I'm not available or I'm busy. You don't even have to give people a reason. You could just say I'm busy. I mean, that could mean anything. And right. nobody, like you said, nobody's sitting there checking their email every five seconds to see if you haven't, if you've responded, unless they emailed you a week ago and you still haven't responded. And then right. we get a little yeah. more like worked up. I feel like like people should be able to expect a couple business days, like, yeah that there's an email that returned unless you know you're on vacation or something but in general it drives me that that's one thing that drives me nuts is when i email somebody and like a week later i still haven't heard back from them i'm like unless you have like this email going out and saying i'm on vacation there's really no reason <laughs> for it to take right, totally. yeah totally get that yeah agreed so summertime do you have somebody that watches him during the summertime so you can get work done so during the summertime, he still goes to the school. Like it's okay. still, program's still in place. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That would be so helpful. I am for like, if my kids could go to like a year round school where they just had like these short little breaks, you know, here and there, I'd be cool with that. Cause this is like, like almost three months during the summer kills me slowly. <laughs> yeah. And there's, I mean, there's obviously vacations and there's stuff that's going to come up and dates when he's off or whatever. Cause sometimes they take time off but for the most part he goes in the summer so I don't really have any complaints too much yeah that that works great with your yeah. schedule and not having to work around that and that's it's such a fantastic thing so tell us and people be, might be wondering how old is your son now so he's three and a half he'll be four in August okay yeah so he's still a little guy not quite to minor school age like elementary school ages and teenagers so they're a little more understanding than yeah 
a three and a half year old. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I can literally say to mine, I'm going to put on TV, you watch TV and be quiet or you'll be grounded and I'm going to do this thing. But like three and a half year olds, like their attention spans are so small. You can't really have that conversation with them. Usually if you want, if you want them to be focused on something, it has to be TV or iPad. Yeah. It's crazy sounds I mean but even then I feel like they only sit for a little bit and they start running around or playing with other toys or something so I mean it just depends really but yeah exactly and so before we got on the the call you said that you're going through something right now that is probably making it a little more difficult for you to do the day-to-day stuff how can you tell us a little bit about that and share yeah so I am going through a a divorce right now um I guess it's pretty (laughs) Um, probably going to happen for sure. Um, I started the paperwork and all that process. So it's going to be more of a single mom now. Um, I'll be raising him essentially. I mean, I pretty much, I'm pretty much doing it now. It's just more official on paper and stuff. So we'll have to see how it plays out, but he might be like with his dad on the weekends more so now and stuff. So I might have more free time which could be good, but then I'll miss him. So there's a toss up between that. Like it's a whole new field for me. Um, I never thought I was going to be a single mom. I never Mm -hmm. thought that it would come to this, but it's one of those things that I just have to look forward and just kind of let it be what it is and accept it. Um, But I feel like it'll be, it's still going to be pretty similar though. I mean, he's going to be going to school. I still care for him like during the week and stuff. So the schedule shouldn't change too much. It might just be more overwhelming for me personally, like keeping up with household kids and cooking and dinner and all that. So we'll see. Yeah. I was a single mom for quite a few years in my younger days. So it is a, it's different and it's an adjustment. Um, I have a lot of people that compare being like having a husband deployed to being a single mom. I'm like, it's not the same thing. Um, because I have somebody who helps with my bills like, and stuff like that. But when you're a single mom, you're, you're pretty much, I mean, besides child support, you're doing it on your own. So have you thought about how you're going to be able to still manage it all? Um, I mean, I'm just going to manage it. I'm just going to do what I can do. I mean, I'm not really changing too much. Um, that's a tough question. I mean, I don't feel like, I feel like my business is okay and I'm still going to get the help that I need like financially a little bit. But I mean, other than that, I'm just going to have to do things here and there. Like if I need to hire people for housekeeping or whatever, like I'm flexible with all that stuff. But, um, I mean, I feel like, so my husband was deployed three times. Like I'm an army wife, like we've been married for 10 years. And I, I feel like when we kind of separated, um, like for two, three months now. So I'm like, Oh, it's just a deployment in my head. And I'm like, no, it's not. There's so much more going on. Like Mm -hmm. he's not calling you and saying, Hey, I love you. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. totally different right now. And then I was like, he's not coming back. Like it's totally different, I guess. So I did relate it to a deployment in that sense. And then I also was like, three deployments. Oh, this is nothing. No, it's totally different because you're like on your own. And I didn't have my son when it was deployment time. So now I have my son and my business. So I'm like, but I feel like at the end of the day, like, I feel like I'm going to be fine and and I'll be confident and I'll move forward and I'll get things done. But until I know, I guess, (laughs) once you start, it's going to get a little bit better. 
like each day it feels like it's getting a little bit better in a sense because I'm like, okay, I can handle all this. Um, and I don't have like the negativity that just brings me down. <laughs> right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you're right. It, it, I have so many people who have never single momed it and are like, you know, I'm a single mom when my husband's deployed. I'm like, no, no, you're not. No, it's way different to be a single mom. Both have their pros and cons, right? Um, like when I was a single mom, I did not have to really have to like respond to another human. I just did the, the damn thing. Um, where like, as when my husband's, yeah, when my husband's deployed, I, there's another human I have to worry about in addition to my children, but that human is also helping to pay my bills. And when I was a single mom, it, that was not, I mean, I got child support and stuff, but I didn't, it's not the same. Yeah. And I feel like if you were to make any decisions, like to buy a new car or whatever, like any like decisions, usually you always go to your spouse first, even if they're right. like, just shoot them a message and you're like, Hey, I was thinking about this. What do you think about that? Yep. Now you're just like, I'm just going to do whatever I need to do yeah. and get it done. And I mean, there's a lot of independence with the deployment for sure for like there is, but it's, it's just a totally different feeling in a sense that you don't rely on somebody anymore and you're only relying on yourself and you have to rely on yourself. You have to make it all work for your kid. So you have to make do with what you have and just go forward. <laughs> right. And so they, yeah, like I said, they both have their pros and cons. So I don't think one is better or worse than the other one. I think they both equally suck. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. They equally suck. But once you get in the groove and you really get where you're settled and everything is like, to its new norm, it kind of just becomes like, this is life. Like you said, you're like, you're just going to handle it because it's, you can't not handle it. Um, but you'll, you'll discover how that that's going to go. And, and so I assume your business is doing well enough that you'll be able to support your end of everything. Yeah. I mean, and it's growing for sure. Um, and I feel like now that I have, I can put all this nonsense and drama to the side and have the confidence that I need to move forward. Like, I feel like I can actually, scale it even more for sure. So it's a work in progress, but yeah. That's always a comfortable feeling to have, especially because like you said, you're in a situation where you want to be available for your son and you don't want to be going back to corporate where they're saying like, oh, you can't call off because your kid's sick or you can't go to these doctor's appointments like you need to. Um, because from what I understand, there's quite a few doctor's appointments when it comes to having an autistic child. Yeah. And he's there, he's at his school from like nine to 2:30 ish. So, um, and it's, there's a lot of travel time. There's just a lot of done or doctor's appointments, period, like everything. And he has tubes in his ears. He has asthma. Like he has a lot of stuff and we see, I don't know. We see, yeah, we just see so many doctors. We yeah. kind of laid back a little bit on as many doctors cause we don't really need them as much. And then he actually, now he sees, um, the heart doctor, the pulmonologist too, but they, they, they do it every like whatever month. So it's not like all the time, but then at the school, like we have to go to parent training and we have to pick them up early because we have to talk about what we did and incorporate it at home. So there's mm -hmm. like a lot of hands on and stuff. So it's not just like, it's not like a daycare. Hey, come pick your kid up, come drop them off. Like you have to really interact and talk mm -hmm. and have the goals that they're working on there and have it at home. So have you seen that this program has helped your son? Cause I yeah. mean, I'm sure people who are listening who maybe have an autistic child are like, what is this? And I want no more information. Has this helped at all? Because it's a whole different ballgame. We were in a program before this one for about six months and he was going to speech and stuff. And we never saw like 
any results and they would say, well, your son's regressing and it was a nightmare. So we switched to this program, this new one that he's at now. And within like two, three months, like he was like doing sign language day in and day out. It was incredible. So, um, it's definitely helped. He's knocking all of his goals out. He's, he, he is able to communicate non-verbally with us. He's able to have his attention span and able to like follow directions and communicate to us and just be able to understand everything that's around him, which he never was able to do before this. And he's been there for about seven months now. So only within seven months, it's been a huge change for sure. But we also went dairy-free for his ears and we also went gluten-free because so many people say gluten-free helps with autism so we've done that as well and once we started to do that we think we started to see more results but we don't know for sure because it's one of those things you can't prove right but a lot of changes that we did helped for sure yeah and you know i also heard that artificial dyes can also yeah. affect autism yes we stopped that too yeah yeah tough, but we had to Right. And then, I mean, sometimes when we are being an advocate for our children, we have to make some changes um, recently. So two of my children are in therapy and uh, two out of four. And then now the third one, um, my, my one daughter's therapist um, was like, maybe you should get your son in therapy again too, because she's a bully to him. And so we're working on that in therapy, obviously. And, uh, I was like, she's like, I know this is overwhelming because you're doing it by yourself right now. And you have to take like a third child to appointments like regularly. And I was like, you know what? I will do what I have to do to make things work because this is what I do as a mom for my children is, I mean, I don't do it at my detriment, right? If it was really like, I couldn't manage it, then I wouldn't do it, but I will make it happen because it's best for them. And right. so like, you're explaining all these things that you made changes for to help your son difficult but you made them happen because that's what's best for him yes absolutely yeah i love that were there any other changes that you guys made that you saw that helped in case anybody's listening and it's like well tell me more <laughs> yeah just the red dye the dairy free dairy free gluten free and then switching the program and just those are pretty much the big changes that we made so tell us a little bit more about the program. Maybe people are wondering if there is one that's similar near them, what maybe what it entails that you've seen as so helpful. So it's called ABA and it stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis. And essentially um, it's one-on-one. -on -one, so they work with like a therapist and then it's the kid and they set like different goals and standards. So um, it's essentially also a preschool in a sense, like sometimes they have the interaction with other kids and they go to different stations like arts and crafts and stuff like that. They eat their lunch with their peers, but the main thing is, is being able to communicate and follow directions. So they work with him. Like they started off with the things that he liked. So he liked ball. So we would, we would have him obsessed with the ball and he'd have to do the sign for ball and he wouldn't get the ball until he got, he said the sign for it. And then from there, we were able to scale and say, um, say ball. And if he made any noise, even if it wasn't remotely close, they would give it to him. But now we got to the point too, where um, he did the sign for help and we try to get him to say help. And he goes, ah, ah. so we give him, we give him the direction like of him saying, yes, 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 that's it. Even if he can't say it, like we're working towards taking the signs away and getting him to be more uh, verbal. But in order for him to have gotten there, he had to understand everything before he could start to talk. Because if you don't know what you need and what you want, it doesn't matter. So we had to do a lot of like um, 
every day in his life, like whatever he'd eat, bananas, mac and cheese, sandwich, like peanut butter and jelly, like everything just kind of, we had to make sure he understood and he could make choices and say what he would want. Like now he shakes his head no when he does, he knows he doesn't want something before he could never do that. Um, just being able to really focus and tell us what he wants. Um, and if I say, where's Mickey or where's this, like he can go get it and bring it back. And it was a huge stepping stone just because before this, like it, we couldn't do it. And this might not seem very big for people because normal kids can do all this stuff. Right. But, it, but when you're autistic like this, it, it doesn't just happen. You have to take the stepping stones and kind of build it like that. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's really hard for people I mean, I, I speak for me, but I know other parents, like when your children don't have any of those issues, then you don't understand what it's like to struggle. It's like, kind of like when I tell people my, I get, that my kids are in therapy and they're like, oh my God, what, what happened? And I was like, they, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what I, I didn't do anything wrong, you know? And you feel like personally attacked sometimes. Cause I feel like there's a lot of like social problems um, when people hear you say, oh, your son's autistic, he's special needs, or they're in therapy, like you said, like, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And it's not, no, I'm not sorry. Like, we're fine. Like, we're okay. So don't say you're sorry. Like, people would always say, oh, I can't imagine her. I'm so sorry. And they, I get that they're trying, they don't know what to say and they're trying mm -hmm. to help and stuff, but it's like, no, I'm not sorry. This is my son. He's fine. Like, we're going to deal with it and it's going to be whatever it is. Like, that's just, you can't change that. It's, and people just, for some reason, I feel like they're scared of getting help these days. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly and truthfully, if you tell somebody you're going to a psychiatrist, they're like, why? What's wrong? Right. Uh, I just want to go talk <laughs> without people judging me. Like, and I, I feel like there's just so much around here that people are like, uh, -uh I'm not seeing a psychiatrist. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't care. Yeah. No, that's the mental health stigma. And when yeah. I tell, when I tell people who don't know me, you know, that I go and see a therapist they're like, Oh my God, what happened? And I'm like, well, I have anxiety and depression. I had a lot of trauma in my past. How far do you want me to go with this? Cause you know, I mean, cause you wouldn't say that to somebody if they were like, Oh, I just, I went and saw my doctor today. You, you'd be like, Oh, everything. All right. And be like, yeah. Okay. You wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, tell me all the details. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I totally agree. Like for a while, I didn't tell anybody I was going to see psychiatrists and stuff. I just felt like people were going to be like, but I was like, I have to help myself. I have to take care of mm -hmm. me. So if people want to sit here and judge, they can judge. Nobody has to know the details. Nobody has to know that I'm going. Like nobody cares. Right. But I felt like they did because every, there's like this, this stereotype where if you go to see a psychiatrist, you're crazy. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very much, one of my goals in life is to help diminish the mental health stigma. So it's just like as normal to go see a mental health professional as it is to see a doctor because yeah. really we, all have shit we're dealing with. Yes. yes. So I consider seeing a therapist a form of self-care. You have a lot going on. What are some other things you do to help take care of yourself so you're able to do all the things you need to do? Yeah, since all of this stuff has kind of happened, um, I'm listening to more podcasts, like actual ones that can uplift you. Mm -hmm. I mean, more like motivational, more stuff that I can relate to. So there's all different kinds of podcasts. Um, I start my mornings off just listening to like the shorter ones. Um, I try to meditate at night before I go to bed, but usually I end up falling asleep, which is okay. <laughs> um, 
I do exercise a lot more now. Like I'm exercising pretty much almost every day just to kind of get all that anger and stress out of me. Um, what else do I do? Um, exercise. Yeah. Mm, Podcast. Oh, and I'm kind of going to church. This is like a new thing. I used to go to church back in the day, but I didn't like it, but I found this new church that is, um, fun and different. Like it's, it's a very, like we listen to music and we have fun and stuff. So it's very different, but it's very, it's very good because you feel like you're connected to people around you and you realize that people don't judge you because after going through all of this, like the divorce end of things, like you're like, oh my God, people. Cause I, I mean, I've told people, but I haven't like announced it on Facebook or anything yet because people are going to sit there and say, well, did you try this? Did you do this? Why this? Why that? Like, so I'm kind of like shutting all of that out and being like, no, it's fine. Like, don't sit here and say all of this stuff. Like it is what it is. I'm moving forward. Um, yeah. And I feel again, divorce has stigma attached to it. But when people make a decision to have a divorce, they've tried everything they could try, right? Nobody's just like waking up one morning and like, I'm going to get a divorce today. It's like, yeah it's a decision and there's a process and people do the things. And I feel like so many people just want to fix things. I'm like, just because it worked out with you and you've had a marriage for 25 years, doesn't mean it's going to work out for everybody. And it's, we're two imperfect humans trying to make a life together. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. 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 I I definitely feel like people like, I felt like people were going to judge me and stuff and say, Oh, you're a failure or whatever. Like it was all mental stuff again. Mm-hmm. And it was that being able to say, I tried, I tried, I tried. Like I try, I literally tried everything I could possibly do. And at the back of my mind, like I know that I tried as much as I could and I could tell my son that I tried as hard as I could. So I felt fine letting go and just being like, yeah. And I started opening up to people. And when I started opening up more to people, it was, it seems like people didn't really care. They didn't really judge as much. Like you don't, we don't we don't sit there and say you know well you should have did this or you should have did that because we don't know the whole story anyways it doesn't right. matter but we just sit there and say well what can we do to help you instead of oh I'm so sorry like do you need anything do you want anything like those kind of things are way better to hear than I'm sorry or did you try like no I didn't try <laughs> like, like you said for like, 10 years I didn't try no <laughs> not at all like <laughs> I could understand if somebody's been together for like six months and then right. like, try, like <laughs> but 10 years, like, yeah, you tried, like <laughs> you put up, you put forth a solid effort there and, yeah. and, and just sometimes it didn't. And you know what? I, as a child of divorce myself, I wish my parents had divorced sooner because right. they faked it for so long. And my sister and I were teenagers when they, I was a teenager when they divorced and I knew for years they were miserable, like for years. I knew they were miserable and they would fight and it was a toxic household. Yeah. 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 So for me, I would prefer somebody who was like, you know what? I gave it a solid effort, but I know it's not working out. And this is for the best because happy parents are better than unhappy parents that are staying together. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's coming from me as a child of divorce. (laughs) The better thing too is yourself. Like if you're not happy, and that, well, your kids are going to see it, obviously. Yes, it's going to affect mm-hmm. your kids. But if you're not happy at the end of the day and you've tried everything, like, it, you just can't live your life like that. Like, and I'm still young. I'm 30. Like, I have my whole life ahead of me. Like, yeah, I can't, you know what I mean? I can't just live unhealthy like that anymore. So, yeah. Totally. And it, 
And it gives you more energy to pour into your son because yes. he needs you. He needs you to be the best version of yourself so that he's, you're able to do the things that you need to for him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I love how that you, you throughout this whole conversation, the big thing that stands out to me is you are doing what it takes for you to be able to care for your son in the best manner possible and still show up as you every single day, which yeah. is a difficult balance for all of us to find. It is. It really is. Yeah. There are some days where I'm like, I'm failing miserably at this whole parenting thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> we all have those days. Yeah, of course. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, okay, let's just. And you have three kids. I only have four. one. Oh, four. Okay. <laughs> I have one, so I can't even imagine no but I'm sure your one is probably with all the things that you have going on is just as equal as to the work that I have with four that really don't I mean besides being in therapy I've not really had to deal with much for like doctor's appointments and stuff like that like with them growing yeah, up they were true. all relatively like my my oldest is is 15 almost 16 and that child. Really, until recently. But now you have the teenagers, which could be even harder. Oh, they are fun. They are lots of fun. For anybody who, who has not had teenagers yet, you just wait. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that part. <laughs> it's like these, these beautiful years. I think from like the age of five to like 11 or 12 is a beautiful stage because it's really not a lot going on. But before yeah. five, there are a lot of work because, you know, they're learning and growing. And then after like 11 or 12, now they're teenagers and they go through like a whole nother like phase of crazy. That yeah, I, can see that. <laughs> I mean, I know how I was, so I can imagine. Yeah, it's be yeah me too. My teenager is my karma for when I was a teenager and how I was with my mom. So there's that. But yes, I mean, so I just released the day that we're talking, not the day that people are listening, an episode called Hard is Hard. And talking about how, you know what, like what you're going through is hard, what I'm going through is hard, and nobody has it harder than anybody else. Um, and I think a lot of times you want to do this comparison of like, I have it harder or they have it harder or no, it just sucks. Like that's just where we're I at. Totally, totally can relate to that because um, I went to Miami this past weekend, which was in like January when it premieres. But anyways, I went to Miami and we kind of like all opened up. It's a mastermind group and it was for business and stuff. And we all opened up about personal and business. And we were able to like understand that we all have had problems. We've all been through shit. Like we've all pretty much, you know, taken care of everything and we've all had what issues come up. So I can totally relate, like, we can't compare it to one another. We just have to help and uplift each other and realize that each problem is, like, a problem, but nobody has it worse or better. Like, we're all just in it. <laughs> like, we have no choice. Like, you just go with it. Yeah. I love that you guys did that at a mastermind because you see all these successful women on Facebook and you're just like, Oh my gosh, they must have their shit together. Or I have people all the time that are like, I don't know how you do it, Megan with four kids and podcasts and full-time school and coaching and speaking. And I'm like, I just do, but some days it's really messy. And some days like I'm barely doing it and other days it's great, but like that doesn't make my life any better or worse than anybody else's. It, I mean, yes, it just is. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I totally, yeah, I agree with that 
Um, so as we wrap up the podcast, because we're getting almost to the time, what are some things that you'd like to leave everybody with? We've talked about you leaving corporate and starting your own career as an entrepreneur and taking care of your son um, with, you know, being sick and autism and ear earplugs and heart things going on and all that and now going through a divorce. What would you like to leave everybody with? Just um, be able to be you really like don't let, don't let whatever's happening, like drag you down. Don't let people drag you down because you have a life to live and you have to be happy too. And that's the biggest thing that I'm kind of telling myself and moving forward is, I don't know, like as time goes on, my son's going to have questions about mommy and daddy and stuff. But I know in my mind, like I'm going to be happier and I'm going to be confident and I'm going to be able to move forward. And for the longest time, like I felt like I wasn't those things. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to get too personal, but yeah. um, just being able to have the confidence and the mindset to be able to move forward and take care of you. And then obviously your son, like I've always put my son pretty much first. So being able to put my son first so I can, like you said, if the parents aren't happy, the kid's not going to be happy. So in order for me to be happy and him to be happy, I have to change my life and move forward with it. And you you're going to be scared. There's going to be fears and stuff, but you just accept it in a sense and move on. Yeah. I mean, I always say that we have to take care of ourselves in order to be able to take care of other people because you can't Absolutely. pour from an empty cup. And so a lot of times that means that, you know, you're making hard decisions because that's what's going to be the best for you mentally, emotionally, or physically. And sometimes those are really hard decisions. I've had to cut some people out of my life that like I didn't want to but it was the best for me mentally and that helped me be the best person possible and not everybody understands that and not everybody's going to understand your journey either yeah right yeah exactly so one more question before we end because you did mention you listen to podcasts and so I'd love for you to share with us some of your favorite podcasts because if anybody's listening to this they obviously listen to podcasts <laughs> Yeah. So, and I've definitely shared my favorite ones before, so I'd love to hear a few of your favorite ones as well. So there's this, um, this one is called the Mindset and Motivation Podcast. I listen to it every morning. It's like 10, 5, 10 minutes, so it's quick and easy. Um, the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy, And then She Thrives Radio with Taylor Gage. And then for like business, I do Simple Pin Podcasts. And then the Dave, Dave Ramsey, I'm starting to, um, and those are just, and I also sometimes listen to boss moms. Um, so it just kind of, it, it honestly depends. Like, and if, if a title sticks out to me, I'm like, Ooh, so, but those are like the ones that are in the library and that I listen to the most. What was the happy, the happy, what podcast? I missed that happy one. Life. No, happy. Wait, happy, no, just kidding. It's happy hour. Happy hour podcast. Yes. All right, because I'm going to try to link up all of these podcasts in the show notes. So if anybody's like, oh, that sounds cool, and they want to check them out, they can check them out. Because yeah. I I follow a lot as well. And I. They're good. To, they're just good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've unfollowed a lot recently because I'm doing less entrepreneur stuff and more school stuff. 
um, okay. because I'm going to school for psychology and want to be licensed nice. therapist when I grow up. So I'm getting my PhD. So it's going to be a little while before that happens. Um, but because school is so time consuming and everything, I'm yeah. not doing as much with business and my focus isn't as much on business. So I've had, to, I've unfollowed a couple entrepreneurial ones. I still have a few I listen to, like I don't listen to boss moms, but I listen to being boss, which is a good one. Yeah, her, Emily and Kathleen, they're both moms, but they, uh, they're just awesome. And they, they're very much into the, the woo. So I like woo woo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The being boss that they're, they're really funny too. Like the, that's what I really love about their podcast is they're yeah. hilarious. Like, and they just crack me up. I like ones that make me feel good. Right. Not that I, I you listen to it. And I'm like, I feel judged right now. Yeah. There's truth to that. Or like, oh my God, they did the X, Y, Z and I haven't even done X. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, we don't want right. that. No. Well, Susie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.